So your goal is simply to share the gospel, share the good news of Jesus Christ, and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Their believing the gospel really has nothing to do with you. You're simply a voice box to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ. That's really the only role that you play. Welcome to the Fox Den with Terry Fox. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Fox Den. In this episode, I want to talk about sharing the gospel. In other words, how do you tell people about the good news of Christ? When I was a new Christian, I always felt the pressure to lead people to Christ. And the church that I attended at the time put pressure on us. It was our responsibility to do this. And I always felt a great sense of guilt because I could never get anybody to accept Jesus. I was afraid to tell people about Jesus because I knew that I couldn't close the deal. But sharing the gospel is not and should never be a sales pitch. We're not in the business of closing the deal. In sharing the gospel, you simply proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, you need to know what the gospel is. So to define the gospel, I'm going to play a short excerpt from episode 2. So what is the gospel? The gospel simply means good news. And the gospel is the good news that God has come to rescue sinful man from sin, death, the devil, and from God himself. So now that we have a broad understanding of what the gospel is, let's take some time to dig a little deeper and see this play out in the Bible. And in order to do that, we need to go back to Genesis chapter 1. And there we see that God created all things, including man. And what we see about the creation of man is that God created man sinless. Take a look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God saw that all he created was very good. Then Genesis chapter 2 focuses on Adam. And there we see that God put Adam in the Garden of Eden and he gave him a command. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, God told Adam that he could eat from any tree of the garden, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the result of eating the fruit from that tree was death. And then we see in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, that Adam indeed ate the forbidden fruit. And this is known as the fall of mankind. With his simple act of disobedience, Adam earned death for all mankind. You see, he was our representative. We are guilty in him, and we have his sin nature. Now, there are a lot of people who think that God was petty here. They think that he was being nitpicky about his command. After all, it was just a piece of fruit. What's the big deal? Well, quite frankly, it was a big deal. A creature defied the law of a holy God. But even worse, Adam didn't believe the God who cannot lie. Instead, he believed the serpent. So the serpent tempted Eve, and she ate the forbidden fruit. Then she gave to Adam, and he ate. Remember the command that God gave to Adam? In the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So the fact that Adam ate the fruit proves that Adam didn't believe God. And then at this point, the point where Adam ate the forbidden fruit, man is at war with God. So after Adam disobeyed God, God banished Adam and Eve from the garden. However, the fall didn't just affect Adam and Eve. Adam earned death for all mankind. Now you might think I'm being a bit extreme here, but think about it. Why do we have graveyards? Was man created to die? No, death is the result of sin. That's why we have graveyards, because people die because they're sinners. And concerning Adam's sin nature, all you have to do is look at the history of man. 
And as you do, you see all kinds of sin and corruption. You see deception, murder, theft, all kinds of horrible sins. Now, it's important to point out here that all of us are part of sinful mankind. We're all prone to the same wickedness that we see in the Bible and on the nightly news. Perhaps at this point, you're wondering if I'm talking about you. You might be thinking, I make mistakes, but I'm not evil. However, the Bible is very clear that all mankind, with the exception of Jesus Christ, is evil. Take a look at Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 18. And here we see that there is none righteous, not even one. There is no one who seeks for God, no one who does good. Their tongues deceive, their mouths are filled with cursing and bitterness, they're swift to shed blood, their paths are filled with destruction and misery, and they have no fear of God. Who do you think Paul's talking about here? Well, prior to this point, he tells us he's talking about Jews and Gentiles. In other words, he's talking about all mankind. So that means he's talking about you and me. You see, we come from Adam, and we have his guilt. But not only that, we have his sin nature. So we too fit the description that Paul lays out in Romans chapter 3. And apart from Christ, we too are at war with God. Now let's turn our attention to Romans chapter 8 verse 7. And here Paul says that the mind set on the flesh is hostile to God. And furthermore, this person refuses to submit to God's law. He does not submit to the law of God. But then look at what it says at the end of verse 7. Indeed, this mind cannot submit to the law of God. So the mind set on the flesh hates God, will not submit to the law of God, and cannot submit to the law of God. So any man apart from Christ is at war with God, is hostile to God, and hates God. So what about God? Well, God is just, and because he's just, he must punish the sin of mankind. God can't merely sweep sin under the carpet. If he does, then he's not just. So all mankind deserves God's judgment, his eternal condemnation. And this is very bad news for every one of us. But there is good news. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Right after Adam sinned in verse 6, we see God condemning the serpent, who is Satan, in verse 15. And he tells the serpent that the seed of the woman is going to crush his head. Now we have to fast forward to the New Testament, and there we see that Jesus Christ is the one who is going to crush the head of the serpent. You see, Genesis 3.15 isn't a prophecy that man is going to be afraid of snakes. God initiated a plan to redeem his people in Christ, and he told us all the way back in Genesis 3.15. So how is God going to redeem his people? Well, God is going to come to earth as a man, and he does that in the man, Jesus Christ. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. So Jesus is God who became human. So the baby Jesus grew up into a man, yet he never sinned like the rest of us. However, though he was sinless, though he never violated the holy law of God, Jesus went to the cross and he died the death that we deserve. You see, God put our sins on Christ and punished them in him. And because God punished our sins in Christ... God can now forgive our sins while maintaining his justice. You see, his justice has been served because he punished our sins in Christ. But this is the amazing thing. It's God himself who took our sins on himself and died the death that we deserve. Remember, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. So Jesus is fully God and fully man. So it's God himself who came and took our sins on himself and died the death that we deserve. 
and he did this so that we could have eternal life with him. I find it fascinating that people often look at God as this mean ogre who likes to mess with people's lives, and they completely discount God as a God of grace who came to take the sins of his people on himself and die the death they deserve so that they would be rescued from sin, death, the devil, and from the wrath of God. But there's another piece to keep in mind. Not only has Jesus taken our sins on himself and endured the wrath of God on our behalf, the righteousness of Christ is put to our account. And therefore, God declares us righteous not because of our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ. Remember, Jesus never sinned, and so God sees his righteousness, his perfect life. So we can say it this way, not only did Jesus die for us, or die the death that we deserve, he lived a perfect life on our behalf so that we would be counted righteous. And we receive this marvelous gift by faith alone. Now because of the work of Christ, now that he came to take our sins on himself and die the death that we deserve, and the wrath of God was poured out on him, and now that God has put the righteousness of Christ to our account, declaring us righteous, not because of our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ credited to us, now we're no longer at war with God. Now we have peace with him. Now there's one more thing to remember in the gospel. Jesus died for us so that our sins would be punished in him, and that God would no longer hold our sins against us. However, had Jesus simply died for us, we'd still be doomed. The good news is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and this proves that he was sinless in his life. Death could no longer hold Jesus in the grave because Jesus never sinned. Remember, the penalty for sin is death. Jesus died because he took our sins on himself, and he rose from the dead because he never sinned. His resurrection was his justification. His resurrection proves that he is sinless. Death couldn't hold him in the grave anymore because death had no right over him because he had no sin of his own. And Jesus' resurrection from the dead is proof that we too will rise from the dead and enter eternal life where we will never sin, suffer, or die. This is good news. This is the gospel. So now that we have a basic understanding of the gospel, let's talk about sharing the gospel. But before we do, the first thing you need to know is that it's the Holy Spirit that causes somebody to believe the gospel. So what does this mean? It means to take the pressure off of yourself to lead somebody to Christ. You don't have to close the deal. In fact, it's actually quite impossible for you to get anybody to make a decision. So your goal is simply to share the gospel. Share the good news of Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit do the work. If he chooses to work in that person's heart, then that person is going to come to faith. If the Holy Spirit chooses not to work in that person's heart, then they're not going to come to faith. Their believing the gospel really has nothing to do with you. You're simply a voice box to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ. That's really the only role that you play. So take the pressure off yourself. It's okay that you try to persuade somebody to believe the good news of Christ. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is the one who changes the heart of a man. So the bottom line here is that you can't make anyone believe the gospel, no matter how convincing your argument is. Now, sharing the gospel isn't all that difficult. I mean, sure, you might be intimidated. You may feel ill-prepared. You may feel like you don't know it well enough to share the gospel. Or perhaps you're sharing the gospel with somebody who's belligerent, who is simply unfriendly to Christianity. So I get it. 
It may not be easy in that sense, but there's no magic formula to sharing the gospel. There's no right way. Now, with that said, perhaps there are wrong ways, meaning you can confuse the gospel with something else. For example, perhaps you tell somebody that they have to stop sinning in order to come to faith. But that's simply not true, and it's also impossible. You see, every believer on this side of the grave sins. So God saved us by his grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, not through perfect obedience to the law, because none of us can perfectly obey the law, which means we all still sin. In fact, there were many in the early church who were getting this wrong. They were telling Christians that they needed to be circumcised, but that's simply not true. So there's not necessarily a right way to share the gospel, but there's definitely some wrong ways. Now, when sharing the gospel, you need to tell the person what God has done, not how the gospel has worked for you. Remember, the gospel is good news. It's news. And it's news about Jesus Christ. It's news about God. It's news about what he has done for us in Christ. That's the gospel. So don't focus on what God has done for you, making your life better. Your life may be better because of the gospel, but that's not the gospel. Focus on what God has done for his people in Christ. Man sinned against God, but he redeems his people in Christ. So we have eternal life in Christ. That's the good news. Next, simply be open to opportunities to share the gospel. This isn't something you need to force. When I meet non-believers, I don't look for ways to share the gospel. Is it possible that people are going to hell because I don't share the gospel with them? No. People go to hell because they deserve it. God will open your mouth and share the good news of Christ when he pleases. God will give you opportunities, so be open to those opportunities. Be ready and open to share the good news of Christ when God gives you those opportunities. Furthermore, you'll likely share the gospel in small chunks over time. Don't feel like you have to get everything out all at once. You don't have to make a full gospel presentation when setting. Most of us have actually come to faith hearing snippets of the gospel over time. In fact, many Christians in America have only heard part of the gospel, yet they still trust in Christ for their salvation. They've heard that Jesus died for their sins, but this is only part of the gospel. The other part is that Jesus lived a perfect life on our behalf, yet people still trust Christ. So they're still believers, even though they've only heard part of the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit that makes a person alive and enables them to embrace Christ. Also, more than likely, it will take time to persuade someone that he or she is sinful and evil. This is just not something that we like to hear. We all believe that we're good people, but the Bible tells a different story. And this is an important piece. You see, a person has to see the bad news first in order to understand the good news. You see, our default starting point is that we're good people and we don't need to be saved. We think we can do enough good works for God to be pleased with us. But that's not true. We stand condemned before God by our own merit. You see, we tend to think that Hitler's the bad guy. And we're not like Hitler, so we're not that bad. We compare ourselves to the wrong person. We really need to compare ourselves to Christ. And if we do that, we would see that we stand condemned. We really are evil and wicked. Apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, we stand guilty before God. And also, our default setting is to believe that we could 
earn God's salvation, but God saves by his grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. He doesn't save by good works, so we can't earn our salvation. Jesus earned it for us when he went to the cross and when he lived a perfect life and when he rose from the dead. It's impossible for anyone to earn salvation because we deserve the wrath and curse of God because of our sin and guilt. So it's likely that it will take some people time to see their own wickedness and inability to earn their salvation. In other words, it's likely that it's going to take time for people to see their need for Christ. So be patient. You're probably going to be sharing the gospel in snippets over time. You don't have to make one full gospel presentation in one setting. Let's face it, the good news of Christ doesn't really seem all that appealing unless you really understand how sinful and wicked you are. So with this in mind, don't be in a hurry. Don't put pressure on yourself to get people to make a decision. Trust that God will do what God wants to do when his good news is proclaimed. So simply tell people the good news of Christ when God gives you the opportunities. Now let me make a few additional insights. The gospel is important for several reasons. First, it's the power of God to save those who believe. We see that in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Think about that for a moment. Good news is the power of God. News is the power of God. You're not saved by your own effort. You're not saved by doing good works. God rescues you simply by believing the good news of Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ is the means by which God rescues his people. Second, the gospel is the means by which we are saved. God saves those who believe the good news of Christ. Third, the gospel shapes our entire lives. For example, why does God call us to forgive one another? Because Jesus died on the cross on our behalf, and God no longer holds our sins against us. We forgive one another because God forgave us. Where do we hear that God forgave us? The gospel. Why are we to love one another? Because God loved us and sent his son to come and die on our behalf. So we love others because God loved us. Do you see how the gospel informs our entire life? It shapes our entire life. Well, I hope this episode is helpful to you. The most important thing is that you actually understand the whole gospel. And you need to take time to remind yourself of the gospel on a daily basis. Our tendency is always going to be to earn our salvation, but that's impossible. The moment we shift our salvation to our own efforts, we've endangered ourselves. We always have to come to the cross and fall on the grace of God and the work of Christ alone. And we do that when we remind ourselves of the gospel every day. God did the work, not us. When you get a chance, listen to episode 7. And what you're going to find is the amazing grace that God bestowed to one of the thieves on the cross. And in that episode, I talk about these same kinds of things. So again, it's important that you understand the gospel. And when you do, then you can share the good news of Christ over time with anyone. That concludes this episode. If you have any questions, please email me at terry at thefoxdenjournal.com. If you enjoy The Fox Den, please leave a positive review and share this podcast with others. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. The Fox Den is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Thanks for listening. And remember, faith comes by hearing.